With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Is Dave Scott leaving Flyers executives in the dark in his decision making? What is going on in Philadelphia? Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 146 of Orange and Backcheck. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform, Apple and Spotify. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code THPN when signing up to get your bonus. Man, this has been a week for the Philadelphia Flyers. They are back, really trying to tank, it seems. Uh, Heartbreaking loss as we record this on the night that they just lost to Carolina with 0.3 seconds left in regulation to send it to overtime. And then quickly after that, they gave up the game-winning goal and came away with just one point. So the tank is on. Danny Briere seems to have some certain things cooking in his brain, that's for sure. And Dave Scott might actually have made a smart move. Scott, what's going on, man? How are you? Well, I'm finally coming around the mend, as you can hear this week. I'm not 100% yet. But you you can hear this 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 thing has been lingering for God knows how long around my house. My younger son's on his second week of it. I'm on my second week of it. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. But other than that, I'm I'm doing great, Bill. I'm doing absolutely great. And it seems like that so people that are not doing great are the three golden men or the golden childs children of uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. And man. Last week, I talked about how I don't trust Dave Scott. Put in Dan Hilferty, the, this guy that's that bleeds orange and black and just see what he can do. And I still think that's going to happen. I, we'll get into that. But Marcus Hayes had a great report, uh, according to two of his sources, that the decision to fire Chuck Fletcher and the, the coinciding decision to promote Danny Breer to interim, which all intents and purposes seems to be just kind of a due diligence thing, and fully expect to be the full GM by the summer. Uh, and we get to the draft when hopefully the Flyers are picking number one to take Connor Bedard. Dave Scott apparently did not consult the three Flyers executives and former players in uh, Bill Barber, Bobby Clark, and Paul Holmgren. To which I just simply do... Way to go, Dave! Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you at all, Bill. I really don't. I, you know, let, let, let's take a look back and, and see. They made a decision to bring, you know, the, the advice to bring uh, Ron Hextall in. They gave the advice to bring in Chuck Fletcher. How many Stanley Cups has Bobby Clark won? 
Zilch. No, no, he's one too. Okay. As a as a player. As a player. Okay. Bill Barber as a player, right? Yeah. Paul Holmgren. I believe he won one as a player as well. Um how many uh how many have they won as managers? Combined. I'll make it easy for it. Combined. None. The big zero. Exactly. Goose egg. Exactly. Nothing Listen, matters. They take into consideration, I can understand going from someone who's been around a game a long time and want to take advice on somebody from Clarkey or Paul Holmgren or Bill Barber even. But at the end of the day, look at this and say, they're they're from a different generation. They managed when the game was different as well. Um, Billy Barber hasn't coached or been at anything in close to in years. He's done nothing at the management level. Um, all he did was here was get the Flyers, get the score two goals in five games back in 2002. Uh, other than that, there, there hasn't been a whole lot that's going on. And, and listen, the fact that Dave Scott would step up to do something like this does show you that the organization wants to go in a different direction. But you know what? It might not just be a Dave Scott thing. Dave Scott might have gotten it from his bosses like, all right, we've seen what happened at the town hall. We can't have people protesting outside. It's not good PR for us. It's just time to cut bait and move on. We're going to do it anyway. Yeah, I, I I, just think that this is one of those things where the, the pattern has always been you do, a, you, you do a GM for a stint, then you suck at it, or you don't do the job of getting a cup here. Then we're like, well, we don't want to fire you because you used to be a player here, so we'll just give you this like innocuous decision of either president of hockey operations, and then you eventually roll into this executive or advisor, whatever the, the phrasing is. Uh, Holmgren was kind of that, obviously, the most recent one of that. And then it kind of started to change, honestly, with Hextall because they didn't get, give him the that traditional flow of GM to hockey and all that good stuff. So, uh, like, they're breaking the mold. But as always, it's just kind of like too little too late. But in this scenario, because it seems that they are bought in to what Danny Briere has, and it sounds like even um, the assistant GM, who's all of a sudden now escaping me, Bill. F- Brett Flair. B- Brett Flair. Thank you. Um, it seems like he's kind of aligned with 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 Danny Briere on this now. Flair, I could give a crap about what they do with him in the summer. They cut bait and run, like you're saying, because he was so attached to the hip, so associated with Chuck Fletcher. Um, anything of the sort, like kind of like everybody at the uh, that was attached to the hip seems to have been awarded the benefit of the doubt at this point. But more changes are certainly expected. I expect Dave Scott, despite making this move that I think is a good one and the right one. Um, on it seems like he's stepping down either way. So um, for a team that has been two or three years away, we legitimately might be two or three years away from this being a full-blown rebuild. And Dave Scott said as much in the press release after they decided to fire Fletcher. So uh, I am heartened. I'm certainly uh, heartened by this decision or this report by Marcus Hayes that it has been, they've taken out, these players uh, or these executives from the decision-making because the in- definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, re- expecting the same result. And that's been the flyers MO for like 40 years at this point. Like that. I, I wouldn't say that long. I'd say since the, since the salary cap era started, absolutely. I mean, they haven't, you know, they, their way was to be able to buy players and be able to make trades and, as far as trade away younger talent in order to bring in veterans, because they're always in win now mode. 
since the NHL changed with that lockout, started favoring younger, faster players, that sort of thing, and not the veterans, this team hasn't really bought into that. You know, one of the few franchises that really haven't bought into that mold. What I mean by that is that you still went out and you bought Kevin Hayes. You put a, you know, at the time it seemed like a good deal. Like, hey, look, they're closer than you think. You know, this might be a good time for the Flyers. You look back four years later and you realize, man, they they weren't as close as we thought. I mean, we kind of, you know, we're being fooled ourselves a little bit. I'll admit that I was. I thought this team was closer in 2019, 2020. Looking back at that, anyway, nor, neither here or there. Now, some of these things like are, as I've discussed before, bad luck when you have, you know, when you lose like Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson, how many points are you losing out of your lineup? You're not going to win a whole lot of games without two big players who put up, you know, 60, 70 points a year. That's a lot of points missing off your off your bench. So my point is that this is a complete change in philosophy, if you ask me, by going with Breer, because now... If he's not afraid, as he said in his press conference, he's not afraid to use the word rebuild. I like how, though, and this is what I mentioned before, the terminology, when Fletcher would say aggressive retool, doesn't mean you're just going to be a fire sale and throwing all your players away. You're going to take what's going to make the team better. Now, this is where the complicated stuff starts to come in because you have to rebuild a team. Hextall got the drafting part, didn't draft well, but they understood that part. But you have to do all the same things. You need to, in order to have long-term consistent success, like a team like Tampa Bay or a team like Pittsburgh or a team like, as far as uh, the, the Capitals, who always seem to be, you know, hanging around, even though they're, or Toronto. Toronto got was bad for a long time, but they have, they make the right moves, as much as I hate to say it. Um, but the point I'm making is that now with this philosophy, you, the Flyers need to look at it as that, okay, what's going to get me the most value? Travis Konechny, for example, just an example, Travis Konechny on this team next year or trading for Travis Konechny for a player, a prospect, and a pick, and I can redo my roster. No, is, is Travis Konechny going to be a difference maker for me next year? Is he going to help me win a Stanley Cup next year? Those are the types of things you look when you talk about rebuilding is talking away, trading away your core players like that. And that includes someone like Carter Hart. As much as people don't want to say it, it would include, I don't think anybody on this team would be untouchable if that's the case. Doesn't mean that they're going to just be like, yeah, we're going to give everybody away like Arizona. No, but it means you come up and you want a right price and want to do a hockey trade. Those deals are going to happen. And that's not a bad thing because that's how you really change the culture in a locker room. Yeah, I mean, on last Monday's uh, 32 Thoughts with Elliot Friedman, the podcast, he basically said as much, like any veteran that has two or three years of tenure on their contracts as a flyer, and that does include Carter Hart, despite, I mean, he's 24 years old, but he's a veteran. Like he's been with this team since 2019 or 2018, whatever the year was. And like that's... um, He's a veteran now. Like, and do they have players like that? And it raises it. it this is going to be the test for Danny Briere. It's, it's very, it's very, uh, it's going to be a challenge because it's going to have to be like, do you pull the levers that you're talking about? I think it's tough because I think there are certain players that one, it, it, you have to also balance again your fan relationship. Because Carter Hart and TK and even Scott Lawton 
are probably three of the most popular players on this team at this point. Um, and Lawton obviously has the respect of Torts. That has to be a factor. And obviously Torts will be in these conversations. Um, but if you trade a guy like Carter Hart now or in the summer, whatever, obviously that's what referring to the summer, um, you lose, you again kind of break away from what the fans feel and they, you can spin it any other way. But that's a thing that they have to take into account. If, if I were to make a prediction, if they told me, pointed to a gun to my head, and you and someone said, make a prediction right now, is Carter Hart going to be on the Flyers next year? I'd say, yeah, I think they will because he just crossed 80 wins uh, as a Philadelphia Flyer. That's the young, he's the youngest player in franchise history to cross 80 wins as a goalie. That's massively impressive. Like, not just the fact that he's so young. But the fact that he got 80 wins in this dumpster fire of a team, including you can include in, but it's obviously because of the success of the 2019, 2020 year that was shortened because of the, the coronavirus. But like, that's massively impressive. And we're talking about a 24 year old goalie. Imagine what you can do with a 28, 29, 30 year old goalie that has come up and drawn through the ranks. It's almost you're you'll know better than me. Is it kind of the Carey Price path there? Like, it, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's very similar. Montreal I mean, wasn't that good in the early years of Price, if I remember correctly. They they were they were a fringe playoff team. They were they were getting there. They had guys like PK in the wings. That's when you had the Castitsin brothers there. Um, you know that that's when the Flyers beat them in 08. Um, they made it to the conference final two years later, and then they they had a good team where they were able to get in, and once they got in, they would go on runs. His trajectory is very similar, though, of Carter Hart, because you have everybody's talking about Sam Erson. Like, oh, man, they really like Sam Erson. Sam Erson has a chance to come in here and push him a little bit. It's good. But listen, unless a, a deal blows them off the table, they're not going to move Carter Hart because you build from the back to the front. And frankly, it doesn't matter if he's won six out of his seven games that he's played. Sam Erson, you haven't seen him at the NHL level yet. You haven't seen him. You've seen a sample size. You've seen what he can do. You need to see that consistently over the course of a season. You know, Felix Sandstrom's a great example of that. You know, last year, I, you know, when I when I watched him, I was like, yeah, I can see a lot of good things in his game. He could back up for this team. You get him, and when he plays, he he plays well. Like today's game, he played well at moments and made some really key saves, but he couldn't come up with the one save. The one save with three-tenths of a second left. That matters. That type of stuff matters. Uh, you have to test Erson a little more before you really hand the keys off to that. Carter Hart earned that in, in 2018, 2019. He earned that uh, that right to be able to come in here and, and play the way he did. And the Flyers had no other option. But now you have to look at it and say, okay, from perspective of the Flyers, what is going to make the team better? First of all, you got to get rid of money. You got to look at contracts like Kevin Hayes. You got to look at guys like Ivan Provorov. You got to look at Rasmus Ristolainen. You got to look at Travis Sanheim, even though he's got that eight-year deal. That he just signed at the beginning of the season. Correct. Thanks, but you know thanks what? Fletcher. His final no, act. I don't think that would be hard to move. It wouldn't be a great deal for the Flyers, but they probably would be able to move it, but you just need more time for somebody to be able to fit that on their cap because defensemen are, you know, they're – they're in demand. So that's an um, interesting point. So I know you just said back to the front, uh, in terms of a, a team build. I, I, 
I think they've been going about it the wrong. I think they drafted too many defensemen over the last six years. One, they probably thought that they were too they were too good, or they were too in a better position that they than they really were. They were kind of in deniability of where they where they were at in terms of the the offensive production. If they go offense first, I think we're talking about a different team, and we're talking about making trades for good defensemen. Yeah, but teams don't trade them. Like, well, we're talking about agree? trading potentially two different defensemen, okay. and Ivan Provorov is one of those guys that you could see do really well for a team on his second stint because he needs to change the scenery. That's the kind of players that good teams look for at at this point. So, I wouldn't be shocked at all if if I wouldn't be shocked at all if Provorov flourishes. Uh, listen, he might need to change the scenery, and it might be best for him. But listen, you talk about building offense first. I'm going to say one word, and all I need to say is one word, and you'll understand exactly why you don't draft offense first. Toronto. <laughs> Toronto. Toronto it always is comes the reason. Back to Toronto. It always comes back to Toronto, and it's the truth because Toronto has almost 50 million tied up between five players. You know, mom, I'd see. That's, uh, um, sorry, four players. Austin it's, Matthews. Uh, my boy, Mitch Marner. Love Mitch Marner. John Tavares and uh, William Nylander. So you have like 40 million tied up between four players. So now they're piecework,ing their defense. Now they're piecework,ing their bottom six. Now they're piecework,ing their goaltending. You have a tandem of Ilya Samsonov and, and, um, and Matt Murray. Like Matt Murray is one. Yes, he's won two Stanley Cups, but he has not done anything well since 1819. He has not played well since then. Um, you look. That you you can say all you want, it's all crapshoot. But in hockey, you you draft, you don't draft on need. You draft the best player available because there's so many players that are available. You don't want to turn into like an Edmonton where you want to focus on just offensive guys. And guess what? You have no defense. You have no goaltending. You don't want to. You know the Flyers, while they have focused on their defense a lot, it's because at the time when they were drafting these defensemen like Sanheim and Provorov and and York. Even they didn't have th- even throw system. Shane Gossespierre in there because back yeah. back then, obviously he's yeah. on Carolina now. But yeah. exactly, and I and he had an assist on the game winner today. Yeah, um, I, a, yeah, yeah, crazy, right? But that's that's the key. What people have to understand is that there's a specific way you build a hockey team. You have to have reliable goaltending. You build your defense. The offense comes. It's the same thing with like every pro that comes in, and and like you play center in the NHL. They focus on defense. That's why Couturier came in here and did so well. Because he focused on defense first, and the offense will come. The most important thing is to make sure the puck doesn't go in your net, opposed to trying to get a couple goals out of it. So I, I don't agree with that at all. Now, if you Toronto will never win a Stanley Cup the way they're constructed, if you ask me. Yeah, but but you also left out how Toronto, uh, I you know who the GM is. I always forget his name. But their Kyle reliance Dubin. on, say again. Kyle Dubas. You know that their reliance on analytics is, I think, the most in the, in the league. Like they, they are very analytical in how they determine, and it's like Moneyball. It gets you decent results over the stretch of 82 games or 162 in baseball. And then when you get these contra- contracted or um, constrained moments of two weeks of play where you have to beat a single team, it kind of blows up in your face. Well, that. That's my point. Like, that's exactly my point. Like, Dubas doesn't have a contract after the season. 
for probably good reason. Like, look, I, I have knocked Toronto a million times in this podcast. I know our Flyers podcast. But people want to talk about offense, offense, offense. Austin Matthews is a legendary talent. Mitch Marner is arguably one of the best players in the league, and nobody really talks about him. He's right up there in an upper echelon, right there. William Nylander's been on fire this year. John Tavares has played very well this year. But the problem is with that is that you have so much money tied up in that. You have no flexibility with anything else. And guess what happens? When you shut teams down, those high players, those best players, when those in the playoffs over course of a game and seven-game series, and those players don't perform, well, guess what? It's, you're screwed. Because guess what happens now? They have these massive bloated contracts, these albatrosses, that teams are not going to overpay on assets for because the money's way too high. It's going to tie up with Capel anyway. You're going to lose Matthews probably for nothing in the next couple of years. Even though Marner's there for a long time, you're not going to move Marner. William Leanlander, you're going to have to trade him at some point. Because you're going to get value for something because you've spent draft picks like a drunken sailor going to get Ryan O'Reilly. The, the point is, is that the way you construct it is back to front. Worry about everything, short all up first. And then, listen, you're going to see it this offseason. There's going to probably be some changes in Toronto if they don't get out of the first round. Even if they win around, which they have a very good chance to do this year, they're not going to the final, not winning the cup. Like, they're not. There's other teams that are just, we'll, we'll shut that line down and that's it. So, I mean, look, Boston run right over them, if you ask me. So, the, the their window has come and gone, and there's been too much turnover on that roster. For and you don't want that. You don't want to get that because now you they're what the Flyers were for years under Bobby Clark. They were right there, getting right there, right there, right there, and they just couldn't get neither knocking on the door, but they couldn't and they couldn't open it. And you don't want that frustration. You want to build it the right way. Build it like Colorado did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that leads into just like, what does Danny Breer go from here? And the like I said, the fact that they left out these three golden ch- children, whatever you want to call them, three legacy get guys uh, is a great move. Like th- th- these these relics of the game have no real solid opinion anymore or matter of fact uh, knowledge of the game anymore in what is how to build a team like they how to sign correct contracts, make right contracts, whatever, um, between the three, Holmgren, Barber, and, and Clark. So the fact that we're they're cutting them out is a good sign. Breer's only other voice in the room really should be John Tortorella. Like, they, the, the partnership there, and it seems like it's a good one uh, early on from reports and all that, is the only thing that matters. And that's where the first question that Breer has to ask is, who is worth keeping? Because that kind of leads you down the path of where you go. Because if Torts, even if, and Torts has said this, even if Torts is not here when they win it, if they win it in six years, seven years, whatever, but they are laying down the foundation, that's what he wants to be. Uh, and that's kind of what he's done. He's always laid that foundation. Obviously, the exception is 2004 with Tampa um, and all that fun stuff. Uh, God, I don't want to, I don't know why I just brought that up. I have Vietnam memories. Goddamn flyers. Anyway, uh, look, oh four sucked. I mean, he looked at the Rangers for a long time. You look at Columbus. When you think of when you think of Tortorella's impact, look what he did for Columbus while he was there. That's what you look at. Don't look at oh four. Oh four is a painful memory. I actually just watched that game six the other day. So why? Why are you looking? Why are you watching those games again? 
Uh, you know, that's a really good question, Bill. First of all, uh, I'm a loser. So, and uh, that's, <laughs> you have that's kids too. One. Like, where do you find the time to do this? Oh, this shit? is like before I go to bed at night. Oh, okay, fair enough. Or if I couldn't like sleep the other night, like I was waking up in the middle of the night because of this. Uh, because this, this you can't cold. be normal and like find a television show like Apple TV. Do you have a subscription? I'll buy you a subscription to Apple TV Plus. I'll give yeah, you I Shrinking. Can... I'll give you Ted I Lasso. Watching, I was watching Sopranos. I, I started getting. What the I never fuck? watched. Yeah, I know. I started watching Sopranos. I never watched it before. Okay, that's fair. and it was it. It's great. I never watched it before. It's fine. And it, it's a good show, but I kind of just, after a while, I was kind of like, eh, I watch an old school hockey game. It's just, it's more fun. Like, you know, it's just, you go back and be like, I remember when that happened. Like, it was a really just the intensity of it. It's great. That's funny. Uh, but, but but getting back to the point I was I was trying to do uh, before we went on that little uh, sideway uh, road trip. Um, Tortorella probably, I think he legitimately only has like maybe three or four players in his notebook of like, I can trust these guys. I want to keep them. Uh, and one of them's a goalie <laughs> in Carter Hart. Uh, the other two are Scott Lawton and Owen Tippett. I think Owen Tippett has really turned his season around uh, or really started to flourish. Uh, it, it's hilarious that he got a hat trick on the day of the anniversary of, of Drew's thousandth game and final game as a Philadelphia Flyer leading into that trade. Uh, kind of poetic in a weird way. Um, official, the Flyers won that trade, right? I mean, that 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 cements that. Um, and then obviously Scott Lawton just has, he's the only guy with an A like you don't like, that's not, uh, a small thing with a guy like Tortorella. So, uh, next year, I'm sure he'll probably be, he'll be sporting the C. I would not be shocked by that. Um, I mean, also I wouldn't be shocked if Tort says, I still don't know who the captain is, but this, uh, this guy Lawton will, will keep the A on his chest, um, and go from there. So I feel like, I feel like the captaincy of the Tortorella. You know, I know we've talked about it before. Like, it doesn't mean much. It's the guy who can talk to the referees. But I feel like it's something under him you need to earn. And I love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I love the fact that I'm only giving out one A. We're not going to have a captain this year. Like, even in a locker room, it's like, guy, that tells me that they're really trying to develop leaders in that locker room. And the fact that he's oh, he's got the A tells me he's the, he's the top leader right there. But, like, you know, you can't name him captain. Without having your full roster back too, I mean, think about it. He he does have a history with Cam Atkinson, and Sean Couturier has been wearing an A for a long, long time. So there's a very possibility there that you know there's there's other reasons why there's no captain named. Yeah, and and we'll get into the whole TK. I mean, TK might be a part of that too. I think TK might be on the short list for Torts. He might be that fourth name. Um, but again, I also think he also recognizes like they just have to move players to move players. Like you have to get out of these like bloated contracts, not put yourself in a box like Toronto did with bloated contracts and see what you can do. The problem is the NHL makes it so hard to move contracts. And I don't know how easy it's going to be or difficult it's going to be, but it's going to be not easy for a, a, a rookie GM to do this. And that's where uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Danny Breer is able to pull off, but he certainly seems aggressive. I'll give him that. He seems like a guy that just wants to go, 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 go and not uh, hesitate. As you said, he, he was like, I'm not afraid of the R word. I'm not afraid of the rebuild word um, and just go from there. So, well, and here's how I look at it. I look at it at you have someone now in the flyers front office where it doesn't seem like they have a uh, propensity to, not 
get the best out of the negotiation, so to speak. Oh yeah, Meaning like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, point. and I feel like that. There's like you you couldn't you couldn't trade JVR. Like, I'll go back to that again. Like, you, I'm sorry, you, you find a way to get it done, even if it's for something that I didn't tell you. You they overvalued him. They overvalued him. That's on Fletcher. So you know, at that point, you got to move him. Just not even just for the sake of getting something and just moving the player in general, giving another person an opportunity. Now you don't have that. You're going to lose him for nothing. But with Briere, you have a whole new look at it. He has in his mind, how he wants to construct the team. He has in his mind about what he wants to do right away. He has in his mind about how he wants to negotiate or what players he might even be targeting. So that's, that's going to be the exciting part is that it's, it, I think it's going to be different. And, Nobody knows what to expect, so there's that hidden excitement behind it. It's kind of like, you know, kind of like what Howie Roseman's done so far in free agency. It's like, you, you you didn't expect them to do all this so far, but like, wow, this has been really exciting. It gets you pumped up. Yeah, uh, I, I certainly have that edge of like, ooh, are we going to get like another Richards and Carter type of thing in this offseason? Because it's obviously different circumstances because they just felt that they were not capable of getting over the hump with those that core and they had pronger in the room and it was just like this guy's the leader of this team like not richards or carter so just going from there this is just a matter of who do we not value at all to be with this team when we're contenders again in four years or three years or five years whatever the number is um i'm really interested and i know we talked about it last week but i want to get i want to touch on it again because it seems like it's going to be a real thing uh, with Couturier and TK. But once again, this episode, as always, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. And this month, it's March Madness. Are you ready for the underdogs, the upsets, the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? It's happening right now. The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops to get $200 in bonus bets instantly plus for a limited time all customers every single one of us can score a no sweat same game parlay in round one and two of the tournaments so you still have time for the second round going on today sunday go to the app opt in and place a no sweat bet this weekend and if it doesn't hit you'll get a bonus bet back up to ten dollars there's been a did you have purdue losing as in that upset special, did you have Penn State? Did you have Kansas losing in the second round? Keep it all here for the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. All of that is in the show notes for details um we talked about it last week i think it's absolutely maddening that sean couturier is on the ice right now they like it's even tk like why are we messing with this we're 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 talking about a guy that's had two back surgeries you almost ruined joel farabee like people forget uh, somehow i forgot that he had neck surgery uh early in the or late in the middle of the summer and missed the first couple of months of the season um you are now sixth worst or best odds, however you want to put it, uh, to to land the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Why are we risking the idea that Couturier could uh, finagle his back even more? 
Like this is this is insanity to me, Scott. I it I, it's one thing for him to be skating, one thing for him to be skating. I'm totally fine with that. I get it. He, uh, as far as I know, there was some. I, I saw a couple of tweets say he was in a full jersey, but then others just saying that he was in the yellow non-contact. Um, that's one thing. But if he's expecting to play a game, I, I think it's just your your career. It's just a mistake, man. Why? Why are you doing this? I know where you're coming from, but you still have 13 games left. I mean, think about it. It's almost a fifth of the season left. Yeah, That's but it's 13 games, and then you're off for four months. Yeah, but you still okay. Okay, this is this is. I don't think you're understanding this part. Sean Couturier has missed almost two years of hockey. Yeah, December of 2021. Yeah, right. A year and a half of hockey. Okay, he has not played hockey at the NHL level. In a year and a half, you expect him to just continue rehabbing, no game, full game speed, and then roll in the next season completely healthy, ready to go without any game experience, without playing in a year. Yes, but that, but that's the reason for the preseason, man. Why? No, no, I get no, you do no, the split squad, no, you do something. No, that is no. that is still that is better than what you would be, be potentially giving him this season with thirteen games to go or twelve games to go. Because I I fully expect him to play on Tuesday against Florida. At this point, I fully That'd expect him to play. And That'd be great. Such he, was non-con- he was the, he he's out of the non-contact jersey. It's great because I'll be there, which is awesome. So I'll see Couturier for the first time. Good, you can see him limp. Oh, God forbid he hurts his back again. Because this, you know is- what? I I I he's going to go out. And he's going to score a goal, and I'm going to shove it in your face. I hope you do. I truly hope you do. In in if that happens, I kind of hope you do. But I there is a there like in a in. If you believe, if Torts believes, like as you were just saying, if Torts believes that he is a potential captain on this team, because he does respect him, as far as we can tell, we're not really sure because he hasn't been in, playing under Torts at all because of his, of two back surgeries. He's had the A. He's respected in the locker room. He's pro- he's he's your longest tenured flyer at this point. I think Lawton is right up against it, but I mean, Coots has been here for ten plus years. At 19 years old, he's one of the youngest guys. He used to live with the former, the now G, interim GM. He used to live with them like that. This is a crazy, uh, just a, fl- time is a flat circle type of moment. And time's an illusion. Yeah, exactly. We're in a simulation. Nothing is real. Uh, birds aren't real. It's all it's all the CIA. Um, it, it, I just cannot fathom. That Torts is in that room. And honestly, it seems like Torts is also hesitant. But because Torts is, honestly, I know it doesn't per- come off that this way, but Torts does have some sort of a player-coach relationship. His 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 demeanor wears on you after a while. That's why he does what he does. But he does, like we've talked about the no morning skate thing, that he doesn't see the value in it, so he doesn't want to wear players out, but lets them make that decision. He, I don't think he wants... Coots out there I think he's just going to be like listen I don't want him out there but he's going crazy I I think was his quote he's going mentally insane Uh, if he wants to play I'll let him play I just think there is a moment when coach and manager have to rein the guy in and say listen we know you want to play but you have to come from the franchise's angle and realize you're potentially part of our future and we can't have you messing up your back in game 81 
of a meaningless season where we're trying to tank and lose games. Okay, so you're going to tell me and say you'd be less concerned if he plays, more concerned if he plays now than he does in October, when you're still going to be like, he has a back injury. What's he going to be like this year? I am. We don't you're know. 100% you're, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. So you damned if you do, damned if you don't, Bill. Just something freaking. No, God you're play. not damned if you do. If you do, do if you if you're not damned if you do, and damned if you don't. You're only damned if you do it right now. You're what? truly that only damned. No sense yes. whatsoever. No, it does. Yes, it does. Because Why? next season is a new season. That. Next season is a new season. Oh you have my said, God. wait a minute. You're a guy that has said that you think this is a playoff team next season, potentially. Have you not? Yes. Okay. So why would you put your probably, arguably, best 200-foot player on the ice in a meaningless season when you believe, whether you get Connor Bedard or not, you're back to being in a playoff contention next season under Torts, going ready to go. We're ready to go. Why would you not put why, that? Is a totally different scenario no. compared okay. to what we're talking so about right now. Why did the Cleveland Browns let Deshaun Watson play after he was suspended for how many games it was this season? Wait a minute. What? Yeah. Then that, that's my point. That's, there you go. Th- that wasn't an injury. That was him matter. getting an injury. Well, matter. he might have injured some people. We're not it, really it, sure. It, it's a little right, murky. Right. But you're, it's still the same concept by the time he I started that's playing. I think it's over for them. I think that's no, a I think terrible it's a great comparison. comparison. It's a great comparison because you know why? Because what you're saying is that, hey, look, uh, he might. We, we're better off with him next season. You know what? By the time it was meaningless for the Browns at that point, they were out of the playoff race. They had no chance of getting in by the time he came back. Yet again, they let him play anyway. Why, Bill? Why? If a season was done because and over with. Because it's the Browns. Because the, the Browns are an inept organization. And the Flyers aren't far off from that. No, apparently. but apparently we got rid of the rot and are cutting out the rest of the rot. We're making, th- we're we're literally making six, uh, uh, three Flyers executives irrelevant. We're blinding them. We're taking three Flyers and going, you can't see anything we're doing. You can be part of this organization. It's like, it's almost like we've made them the Howie Roseman in the second or third, the second year of Chip Kelly. When you just just go in the office and do the books, like just shut up. We don't want to hear from just you. Advisors too. I don't even know why you're circling back to that. I'm thinking the, the point I'm trying to make is that if he has an opportunity to come in and play, to get in the game shape, to work out the kinks, to make sure that after a certain amount of games, after a certain amount of games. If he starts having problems again, you can plan before the summer. If you go all through the summer and you project Couturier to play, and then he has back problems at the beginning of next season, guess what? That's called Ryan Ellis Part 2. And then you're screwed, and then you're going to have a problem where all of a sudden we couldn't find a partner from him, and then next thing you know, it's going to be the same well, no, shit because, all over no, here. Well, wait. I, I don't fully disagree with you. I think you, that's a decent, but... It's also a little bit, not a, not a ton, but it's a little bit easier to replace a forward than a defenseman, whether they are an offensive, all worked around. Worked real well or this year, didn't forward. it, Bill? It worked real well. Yeah, a center, a center, a center, a center. The, the, the one thing that they're really lacking, like you put a good center with Owen Tippett, and Owen Tippett's going to be a friggin' fantastic hockey player, better than he already is. Probably. So that's what I'm saying. They have no depth up. The middle. Say it with me, Bill. They, they have, have no depth, depth up, up the, the middle. middle. Okay, Good coordination there. Yeah, thank you. Us. Yeah, it is. Anyway, 
They have nothing there up the middle for that. If they could get Coots out there to work out the kinks, get adjusted to playing with some of these guys, work out some line but combinations. How, how does it, playing him now make sense to work out the kinks when you're about to go on a four-month break, man? Because you get to at least see that there's some chemistry there. You're at least getting a small He's sample size. He's played with size. most of these guys. Yeah, not not no not Owen Tippett. He hasn't played with Owen Tippett. That's he hasn't one played player. under. That's one player you will un- likely play he, with the most. He I has agree. not Fine. played. Hasn't played with uh, Brendan Lemieux. Oh, f- oh my I, god! I, yeah. Oh my god! Brendan Lemieux. God forbid. forbid. He hasn't played under Tortorella's system, and he hasn't played hockey. Most importantly, in a year and a half. So any experience you can get him out there with, regardless if he's been around for a long time or not, you have to get him out there to at least make sure that he's still capable of producing at the NHL. Level. I think it's crazy. I like it. If I also think it's a mistake that you, they're floating the idea of putting TK out there, like these injuries are just are not worth risking more injuring, uh, like putting the player at risk for another injury. Any of that. I could buy that argument. If you're near the playoff race, if you're in a playoff race, but not in a dead season like this one. You let them play. See, you're the opposite of what I'm thinking. If they're in the playoff hunt, you obviously then put your two better players out on the ice in Couturier and TK. But if you're in a tanking season, why would you put your again? We're we're circling in our, we're making circles here. Like this is we're arguing in circles at this point. But like it doesn't make sense. You're you're the exact opposite thinking. I think of most people in, in this kind of scenario. Which Probably. like just kind of makes you who you are. So it's fine. Right, exactly. That's what I do. I look at the opposite side of things. But look, I'm saying get Coots out there. Let him play. TK, I don't really have an opinion on, to be honest with you. I mean, he's had, yeah, I, I like it's a mistake, but you can argue it makes more sense not to play him under your or, and under your thought process because he's played most of the season. Correct. With the players Correct. and Coots and all that. Correct. As I was saying, like, if you would just let him sit out, that's fine. Let Coots take his spot. Let Coots get back <sighs> into it. I'm I'm better with that than name with TK, to be honest with you. That's insanity. Uh, I but don't there's know. still 13 games left to play. There's th- That's just so many. I didn't realize that the season goes to the middle of goddamn April. It always goes to the middle of April, Bill. I've lost all sense of time since COVID, so. That that's oh, okay. an exception. It's been you know three years this week, man. Three years. This yeah, week since uh, my wife's down. birthday and my dog's birthday were on Monday, and that was the exact day when everything started shutting down. Uh, Mowgli. Mowgli's three already. Mowgli is three. He's a little under the weather. He's been sick. Otherwise, he usually hangs out with me when we record these things. Uh, yeah, as we wrap something's, up here. So something's uh, going around, man. I'm telling you, I know everybody's sick. I'm sick. My whole house was sick. Everything. Something's going around. Yeah, it's weird when you put out the dog food and he just stares at you like, I don't want to eat this. And I'm like, dude, I've seen you eat that in 30 seconds. Like, this is a problem. We went to the emergency vet last night, so that was fun. All good oh, stuff. Oh, dear God. Yeah. I hope he's all right, buddy. He should be all right. Uh, but anyway, that is going to do it. We're getting off the rails here, and I don't want to uh, go too far without saying goodbye to you, our listener. Thank you so much. Uh, as always, make sure you subscribe to our podcast at Orange and Backcheck on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Make sure you're on our TikTok page. Uh, it's always blowing up, getting some good co- content on there uh, from the podcast. Make sure you uh, send us an email, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com if you have a question for us, if you want to join in on the conversation, how crazy i am how insane scott is for his opinion on sean couturier and playing with 13 games left in a dead season have at it we'll read it on the air make sure you review us five stars we'll read that as well if you leave a review uh if we get to a thousand i will read every single one of your reviews 
five stars or one stars. It does not matter. Until next time, catch you later. See you there. Do, do birds work for the CIA? They do. You haven't read that theory? Go out there. Go down that rabbit hole. I promise you. You'll never see yeah, birds the same again. I'm going to go look at it now.